The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Welcome back, Boomos. Can you guys believe that summer is basically over and fall is just around the corner? I mean, where did the time go? I know I say that all the time, but I feel like this year, this summer especially, just has flown by. And basically, it's back to school season, back to work season is in full effect. And I know that there's a lot of kind of uncertainties around sending the kids back to school given the current climate and a lot of anxieties with this kind of unknown territory. And I know a lot of companies are opening back up. So parents are either going back in part-time or full-time and it's just all new territory and it's normal to feel anxious. So today I have Josephine Atlory. Not only is she a busy mama of seven, but she is a meditation and mindfulness expert for parents. Josephine has helped thousands of people overcome adversity to find joy in of stressful times. Josephine uses her business background to teach corporate mindfulness sessions, not just for adults, but she also works with kids as well. She is a very busy mama of seven and has been through it all. So with that said, here are five tips on returning back to school and work in a mindful way. Hi, Josephine. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on, Chris. I'm so excited for our conversation. Yes, I am super excited to chat with you about something that we are all thinking about, which is getting back to work and the kids going back to school, which is kind of a hot topic right now, given the, the current climate of things. But before we go into that, I would love to chat with you more about you and your modern day family. Um, I did hear that you are a mother to five and I know that you've had your own journey with in vitro adoption, surrogacy and all of that. So I would love for you to kind of tell us a bit about your journey as a mother, which ultimately led you to do what you do, which is being an expert in meditation and mindfulness for parents. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, actually, um, since my bio has since changed because now I'm a mom of seven, I had newborn, uh, they're now two months old, the twin girls that we added wow. to our brood. Yeah. Oh, wow, <laughs> wow, wow. You're officially <laughs> the first person that I've met that has seven kids. <laughs> okay, so yeah. first of all, you're going to tell me how you do it because I, I can't even wrap my head around more than two kids. So let's start there. <laughs> yeah, no, I joke that that's the reason why I became a mindfulness and meditation expert is primarily because I needed to figure out a way to handle having all the kids and also juggle work. So <laughs> wow. that is that is how it actually really just came to be is because, you know, I had the kiddos first through adoption. We adopted our first son. Then um, our first set of twins I carried through um we did through IVF. And then our last two sets of twins were carried by a surrogate. But for the first five, you know, I was at home and then I returned back to work. And once I was trying to manage both, it was really just, it was, it was insane for me. And I was in health and wellness and I knew that there was this missing piece of sort of the mindset and how one deals with one's mental and emotional well-being. So, you know, I started diving into meditation and mindfulness for myself 
And then I became hooked and I always have to level things up. And I knew at that point that I wanted to share it with everyone out there. And I began just by you know, sharing it with corporate corporations, as well as people who you know, had different paths to parenthood like I did. And I just kept getting asked, like, how do you stay so calm? And that's when I realized, you know what? Parents need this too. And that's how you know, I started teaching parents and then ended up writing this book, this mindfulness journal for parents that came out last month. Yeah. Congratulations. I saw that you just launched it. And I mean, what, what great timing with kind of everything that we have going on. I think more than ever people, especially parents are looking for an outlet and ways to find peace in their lives during this madness. So yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to check out the, the journal myself. Yeah, no, it's it's meant to be this really quick thing that you can pick up and you flip to any page and you can find a prompt, a journal prompt or an exercise or a narrative about another parent and what they're going through and immediately get some sort of support, some things to think about, some things to to work on. And um, because I know how busy parents are. So, you know, you don't have to read a whole book before you can start taking action. You can take action immediately. I love that because I personally love reading, but at the same time, I'm like, when, when am I going to find the time to finally finish this one book? Like (laughs) I've been stuck on this one book for so long because I just can't find the time to sit down and just finish it because of just everything going on. So I love that, you know, it doesn't take that much time. It's something that you can do for yourself and it's quick and easy and it's really, really helpful. Um, Okay. So it's crazy to think that a year and a half later that we're all still in this midst of the pandemic and still unsure about what the future looks like, which is bringing a lot of anxiety to parents, I would say. Um, I mean, for everyone, but specifically parents right now, especially as we're going into back to school season, I heard somewhere that this week, actually my business partner's kids started school. I'm like, what? It's it's August, it's mid-August and you're already starting school. So I guess everyone's different. My kids don't start until beginning of September. But the question right now is, what do we do? Do we go back? Do we keep the kids home? You know, parents and everyone around them, we're just all feeling so anxious. So let's talk about some of the tips that you have on returning back to school and maybe even returning back to work for some people that are going back to the office in in a mindful way. Yes. No, definitely top of mind right now. I have, so I have three different schools where I'm sending my kiddos to and every school meeting, every question is uh, every, the whole meeting is about navigating COVID and ensuring a safe Mm. return, but also maintaining a semblance of normalcy for the kids. But even with the, the, all the best systems in place, there's still an underlying uncertainty, as you mentioned, with the return to school because of the conditions that we have. It's always changing and evolving. There are always these new factors coming into play. And any type of uncertainty leads to stress and anxiety. So, you know, in the tips that I'm about to share with your audience, they're from a mindfulness perspective. Um, And when I was thinking about what tips I could offer, ultimately everything I kept thinking about essentially it came down to creating a safe and supportive space for your child and starting from the home. So the first one is to provide comfort and structure, routine and organization. So that's something that you you would hear often with any sort of back to school tips. And it's there for a reason because so 
you know, what I find with my ones who are returning to kindergarten or starting mm-hmm. kindergarten is that they've never been to school. So they don't really know what to, well, they haven't been to school in such a long time and it's a new one, um, but they don't know what to expect. And so when we're at home, like for this weekend and stuff before they go back on Monday, you know, I'll be talking to them about all the things that they can do while they're at school, the things that I'll set up for them, um, creating a, a family calendar that they can sort of look at and a daily schedule that they can look at and then setting them up for success with things that they need to feel safe at school. So like having a little packet of sanitizer, extra masks, different things, and having them know exactly where it is provides them with a feeling that they're in control of something. Because that's another whole issue of of all this uncertainty is that you don't have any control. That's where all of coming from. And so even our little right. ones can be feeling that whether or not they know the degree of severity of what's happening for the little ones versus like our teenagers who, you know, they do know they, and they can follow. Um, but so they're, you know, they're feeding off of us, our energy. And so if we can like be uplifting and give them some agency of like, okay, well, you know, you have all of these things in your backpack, in your lunch bag, so you can feel safe knowing that you can take care of yourself. You know, you don't have to depend on other people. That's the whole other thing yeah. of like feeling nervous is that when you're dependent upon others, you know, you don't know what to expect. You don't know if they feel the same way that you do and have the same level of like safety measures that you do. But if you provide your child with that, then they know walking in that, okay, well, I have some stuff that I can do for myself. I love that. And it's almost giving them the power and the control because at the end of the day, I remember last year um, was my daughter's oldest daughter's first year at kindergarten. Granted that it was the first year that we we're all experiencing COVID and lockdown. Like we were at school and then we got pulled out and then we went back and then it stopped and it was just going back and forth. And kids and even parents, really, we just feel like there's so little control, but what are the things that you can control? Right. And that's a question I always ask my kids. It's like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen, but what are some things that we know is going to happen? Like, you know, that, you know, for instance, mommy will always pick you up and, or like little things that we can control, such as, you know, packing sanitizer or knowing that like you have these things always with you that adds some sort of comfort for them knowing that there's something that is always going to be there and it's kind of part of their routine, right? Right, exactly. Awesome. So yes, creating a system in place and kind of a family calendar. What does a family calendar look like for you? Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, I'm just curious because you have- you have seven kids and I'm just, I could just imagine what that calendar looks like because between my two kids, I literally have to like map it out and write it down because they do different activities all the time. So I could only imagine for you how your family calendar looks like. Yeah. It's gotten hard because I have a 14 year old, I have 12 year old twins, and then I have the five year old twins and then the babies. Thank God they don't have any activities outside from doctor's appointments, but it is quite endless on a day when I look at my Google calendar. It's just a little obnoxious actually, but. All right. So life is actually happening again, which means wearing real clothes is also happening again. So if you're anything like me and you've kind of forgotten about what dressing up is like, have tons of events coming up and you're just feeling kind of blah about your current wardrobe situation, 
or your old reliables, they're just not fitting the way that they used to. Well, let me put you on to Newly, a monthly clothing rental subscription. Every Newly subscription includes your choice of any six styles you want to rent each month. You choose whatever you want for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. With Newly, you have access to thousands of styles from more than 100 brands, everything from party dresses to premium denim and one-of-a-kind vintage pieces. Newly stock styles in a range of sizes from petite to plus size up to 5X plus maternity. They carry labels like For Love and Lemons, Love Shack Fancy, Lisa Says Ga, Free People, Anthropology, and more. They have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning at newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about, which is music to any parent's ears. The option to buy what you love at a discount, sometimes even up to 75% off. I mean, how amazing is that? And guys, they have maternity and post-maternity wear. I mean, no offense, but the biggest waste of money, in my opinion, is buying maternity clothes, knowing that you won't fit into it in a couple of months, yet alone a couple of weeks, since you are constantly growing and changing in size. Newly carries everything you need from being just popped to postpartum in style. Also, the savings is really incredible. I just purged out 50% of my closet and I thought, ugh, how wasteful is this? Most of the pieces I've only worn one to three times. Renting through Newly means getting to wear more, sometimes thousands of dollars worth of clothing while spending way less. It's a win-win for your closet and also your checking account. It's fun, sustainable, and flexible. Now you get to explore different kinds of styles and trends without feeling guilty and without any commitment. Free your closet of only wore at once impulse purchases and buyer's remorse by renting them instead. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BUMO20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code BUMO20 at sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code BUMO20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Hi guys, my name is Sarah Nicole and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays, subscribe, rate and review it and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the Papaya Podcast and the birds with on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. So do you, just curious, do you write everything down or is it on like a, a, a doc or like a, a Google calendar, as you mentioned? Yeah, so with the older kids, now that they have you know iPads and the old, eldest one has a phone, we put it on Google calendar mm-hmm. and then we invite their, um, either their Google email or their Apple ID, whatever it is, onto the calendar so that when they look at their own, they can see it. And they're also invited to the family calendar. Um, I used to write it up on a dry erase board. Like I painted one entire wall with that dry erase paint. 
And mm-hmm. I used to write things up there before they had devices. So I think I might have to do that for the five-year-olds. Um, help them too with like reading and stuff. So it'll be good. I would love to go into the second tip that you have. Yeah. So the second tip is now assuming they're back into school. And when you're, you know, as we go in, there are a lot of things that people can be worried about that we already talked about. So the young kids probably may not be worried about COVID per se, but they may be more worried about social interactions, which is something that anyone outside of like the COVID years going back to school would be worried about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I have friends who will be the new people, all of that kind of stuff. When they return to school or the like at least the first few weeks, really being attentive to how they're feeling. And then creating that safe space of allowing for them to express their feelings to you and validating how they're feeling. So emphasizing it with words like, I hear that you're feeling this, or I hear you saying this, I'm sorry that you feel that. And that really provides them with comfort in knowing that they can come home from maybe it's a crazy day at school, a rough one, and they can come home to you and feel safe in knowing that they can express themselves Mm. and that you hear them versus you know, oftentimes, even as moms, especially, we like to try and solve our kids' problems <laughs> because we want to take care of them, right? And it's the best of intentions. But oftentimes when we do that, we don't give them the space to express themselves and we start to sort of impose what our thoughts are before they even get to really fully explain themselves. And then they don't feel like they're heard. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that as well, because Um, I know that you have some kids that are older and this might change as uh, my daughters get older, but my first daughter, Chloe, she has a harder time expressing herself. She internalizes a lot of her emotions and kind of what she's thinking and what she's done throughout the day. And so we started practicing something in the evening at night because I realized that that's when she opens up the most for some reason, always like right before bedtime. That's when she just starts like, sharing with me all these different things that happened and her emotions. We call it our favorites and our feelings. So we always have to share one favorite thing that has happened and any feelings that we have felt. And so um, this is something that I started to implement with her at a very young age when I realized that she had a harder time expressing her emotions. And you know, no one to blame. I'm exactly the same way. Like as a kid, I would never tell my mom how, how I was feeling or what I did. I just internalized everything. So I really understood her personality and where, you know, what she was doing. It's not like she was trying to hide anything from me, but that's just her personality. So we would practice these things and I would start off. So I would prompt her by sharing my own feelings. And I would usually share one good feeling and one bad feeling. I intentionally do the bad feelings because I don't want her to always feel like, she could only share the good things. And I always want her to share the bad things as well. So um, I'll share like, oh, I got kind of mad today because I don't know, like um, someone yelled at me or I had a really stressful day, but then it ended ended up really well because I got to, I don't know, um, spend some time with you guys. And so just sharing the range of emotions that I felt as a grown up, which kind of makes it seem okay if the kids are feeling that way as well. And so I've been doing that for about three years now. She's six, sorry, she's almost seven now. So we started off like when she was almost four and it's been going really well. So there's just like a a little tip on my end. If any parents are listening and have a hard time kind of opening up or having their kids open up to them, you just have to find something that you can do routinely and 
you know, some days they might not want to share, but there are days where they're like, okay, I, I will share this. And as long as they know that they have that space, as you mentioned, Josephine, just creating that safe space, then at least they know that they can fall back on that. Yeah, I love that. That's uh, true. You know, that validation definitely leads into their emotional awareness and expression of their emotions. And so I love that you do both the good and the bad because you're right. We are the models for our children. And by you saying, you know, what was something that you felt that was good and something that was bad, it definitely opens them up to being able to express both, which is so healthy. You know, like for myself, I grew up thinking that I always had to be presenting myself in the best manner. And that continued on into into adulthood without realizing that, you know, it's okay to have bad days. And it and then that's taking it a step further, it's okay to express it. You know, you shouldn't mm. feel bad about it. So I love that you do that. Yeah. And actually, we just watched Inside Out. I don't know if you've seen that movie before, but yeah, um, oh my God, it's the best. <laughs> I, I watched it once before I had kids and I watched it with my daughter this past weekend and she understood every single thing. I, I thought it might, it would be a little bit too complex for her, but she got it. And it made me so, so happy because what the movie, for those of you that haven't seen it, it just shows you that sometimes you have to feel sad to really understand what joy is. And um, at the end, it's also okay if you have mixed emotions. So it's okay if you have two emotions at once. And when she saw that and she was like, oh, so that means that I could be mad and happy. And I'm like, yeah, like you can have these different emotions. And so something clicked for her this weekend when she saw that. And it made me really, really proud. So if any parents are haven't seen Inside Out with their kids, I highly recommend it. It is a little bit more complex, but I think around like probably five or six, they they will under, they will start to understand the concept. Yeah, it's a great movie. I love that um, that ending, how they show you how you can appreciate both and how they coexist. Have you guys ever felt sluggish, lethargic, low on energy, low sex drive, sleepy, or not being able to sleep and anxious? I certainly have, and I could not find out for the life of me what was wrong with me. I tried to eat better, work out more, sleep earlier, and though it helped short term, in the long term, I felt the same until I got to the root of it. And the root of my low energy was not from what I thought it was. I finally was able to get to the root of the problem through BASE. BASE is making accurate and personalized health data available to more people with easy at-home lab testing that is affordable. No waiting rooms or follow-up visits. They are completely changing how people get to the root of persistent health issues or to stay on top of their body data. I tried it and chose the energy track and got my results back. I received a score of 64, which is good. It also told me that my vitamin D level is slightly low and vitamin D is essential in producing insulin, which controls blood sugar levels. A deficiency can make me feel fatigued. Also, my HbA1c levels are slightly high. This is typically rooted in eating too many refined sugars and carbs. Whoops. Being at a 63% HbA1c score means that you might be having trouble metabolizing sugar, which is used as your primary source of energy, leading you to brain fog. 
Ah, it all makes sense now. One of the best part about BASE is how they stick with you. Unlike traditional labs, they give you results and kind of leave you on your own. Well, BASE is with you every step of the way, helping you track your progress and providing new recommendations as you continue to monitor or improve your health data. Their custom testing plans make it super easy when you want to test again. They'll send you the most relevant test to see if your lifestyle modifications are working. I plan to adopt all the recommendations that base suggests for me and most likely will be testing again in about two months to see if my lifestyle modifications improve my vitamin or hormone levels. I also am very interested in trying out other tracks as well, specifically stress and sleep. So guys, stop guessing about why you don't feel your best and start measuring. If you have a persistent health issue that you've tried everything to fix, or if you're the kind of person who geeks out on optimizing your health with your body's data, BASE is for you. You can sign up today and save 20% off your first month of membership with code BUMO. A BASE membership starts at $59.95 a month or quarterly, depending on how frequently you want to test and optimize. Visit get-base.com forward slash BUMO to learn more or enter the code BUMO, B-U-M-O at checkout to save 20% off. And I also, um, just before we go into the next uh, tip, but the reason why I started the also share with me or sharing kind of a more negative feeling uh, or something that made me mad was because I started it off with, okay, let's talk about our favorite thing and your feelings, right? And what started to happen, I realized in the very beginning was, oh, today I was happy. Oh, today I was excited. Oh, today I was really happy. And I was like, do you not ever feel any other emotions? But I realized that it was because she didn't know that it was okay to feel other emotions. And so that's when I realized that I have to model it myself. And so I started sharing more other emotions outside of just the happy ones that we all want to experience. So yeah, sometimes you have to direct kids and let them know that's okay. Absolutely. So going into the next tip, it would be self-confidence. And you know, this kind of leads into kind of around what we were talking about, which is giving them the opportunity and the safe space to encourage them, right? And so when they're back in school, they may feel uncertain and uneasy about certain aspects of themselves. I know for my older kids, it's been a little bit weird for them to return back to school. They returned at the end of this prior school year and social interactions were just awkward for them, whereas Mm. before it wasn't. So, you know, I think everyone is still a little rocky on returning back and feeling like their full selves and whoever their evolved selves have been after evolving during this time period. And so it takes a little return back to boosting up their self-confidence. And so, you know, much like you with an evening routine I used to have with the kiddos when they when they were growing up is asking them something that they're, they were good at today mm. uh, and something that they would like to work on. And by celebrating the stuff that they're good at, you know, they can remind themselves that, okay, even if I did have a hard day, I'm still good at this. And it, it challenges them to think of things that, that they can celebrate about themselves. And then the growth part is just, you know, kind of similar to what you're saying about like, they can see both sides, you know, Mm. and it gives them something to think about the next day that this is what they mentioned 
to mom or dad that they needed, that they wanted to work on. And so perhaps it's now like a seed of thought in their mind that, okay, I, you know, verbally said that I was going to try and work on this. And so it holds them accountable because then we know to ask them that next day. Mm, Yeah, I love that. And I do have to agree with you that this generation, I mean, they are experiencing something that we've never experienced before as far as isolation and not really being able to see their friends on a usual basis and having to kind of be cooped up at home. So that really changes the dynamic of friendships and interactions with kids at school. And so it does take a while for them to get back into it. I remember when Chloe started going back to school, she like did not know how to talk to other people. And I was so concerned. I was like, wait, does does she not have any friends at school? (laughs) And the teacher was like, no, like they're all like that. It's going to take them some time and the confidence to be able to kind of get back into the swing of things. So yeah, I love that idea of being able to work on something and keeping them accountable for that. So I love that you do that every night, you said. Yeah. And, you know, I'd also, I'd change it up in terms of like saying something that you're good at versus just saying like an affirmation statement, which is an Mm. I am statement. So I am, you know, I'm kind or I am um, not necessarily a feeling. So taking it a step further of like, I am generous and and then that sparks a conversation as well in itself. But it also is a statement of confidence that they can repeat to themselves throughout their school day. And it's a reminder to themselves of like, this is what I feel about myself. So um, keeping it in the back of their mind. Yeah, I love that. Do you teach your kids affirmations that they can like talk to themselves at like certain times in their lives, like whether it's times of anxiety or what not? Is that something that you've taught them? It is actually with my eldest one, because he's 14 turning 15. You know, when you start to hit those preteen ages, then you have the whole issues of like self-confidence and self-worth and like their mm. their image against their, their peers and all this stuff. And so affirmations with that really helps because I would have him think of things that maybe he wasn't so confident in and maybe he didn't even believe at the time. And then I would ask him to just say these affirmations and we would say them like five, 10 times at night. Mm -hmm. And over the course of months, you know, he started to believe it. And that's the beauty of an affirmation. Like you may not ascribe to it in the beginning. And over time, you just start saying it to yourself. So it's very much like, you know, how we have that that little person on our shoulder, that voice in the back of our mind, usually that voice will can oftentimes say negative things like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You're not good at that. You should not wear that dress. And instead, what we're really doing is we're just introducing a new voice for us to listen to. And when you introduce that new voice and that new, that new wording to listen to, it creates a new pathway in your brain and you're able to access that better over time. And so that was the point of practicing it, like saying it several times a night and doing it every day so that eventually over time, which is true, can be said for him, you can, he can now like say those things with confidence and actually believe it. And I love that it's beyond the affirmations itself. It's actually teaching them these tools, right? Giving them the tools that they will take on for the rest of their lives into their careers and something that will, you know, obviously manifest in other ways. But for me now, it's all about what can I give to my kids that will stick with them forever or teach them? 
So affirmations is one of them. Um, one thing that I always tell my girls in the morning is that you're kind, you're beautiful, you're strong, and you have a voice. And so my little, little one, she's almost three years old now, but she has that memorized. And so whenever she, she loves to pick on her older sister, it's, it's quite <laughs> funny. She's like, she, yeah, she has a pretty big personality. And whenever I tell her, I'm like, Colette, like, please don't take your sister's stuff. You're making her angry. Like, please don't, don't hit her. And she'll start being like, I have a voice, mommy, I have a voice. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay. I did teach you that. <laughs> you are accessing the tools that I have taught you. <laughs> that is adorable. I love that. But yeah, it's like in any circumstance, because we, you know, as parents, we want to protect them and we wish that we could always be there, but we can't like that's, that's one. You shouldn't, as a parent, you, you have to let them fall and grow on their own. Um, but as long as you give them the, the tools where they can pick themselves back up and access these things in times of need or help, like I think we're doing our job as parents. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love how you're empowering these little ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little too much, but yes, definitely. <laughs> um, okay. Do you have any other tips um, that you want to share? Yeah. So the the fourth tip was to anchor yourself in positivity. So, you know, oftentimes when we start to get stressed out and overwhelmed and we feel like the chaos is starting to spiral and like take us down with that with us, I like to just repeat to myself that everything is okay or what do I know in this moment to be true? And in this moment, I know that I'm safe. I'm at school. You know, if, if this is your child that you're trying to coach to do this, I am with my friends, my teachers here, you know, my parents are going to pick me up. So just going through sort of a mental checklist to help them deflate any sort of stress that they might start to feel bubbling up. Mm -hmm. And that's all something that you can do and practice at home. And that's, you know, that whole mindfulness, basically mindfulness is an awareness. It's an awareness of the present moment, how you're feeling in the present moment, how you're interacting with others. And once they, it's great for them to realize this, like, how am I feeling right now? Because then that will translate into all other aspects of their lives, like the relationship with others, not just their family, but also at school. And then as they grow up at work. So really being able to tune in to how they're feeling and then taking that next step of figuring out like that checklist of, well, what is true in this moment to help them de-stress. And you know, what's so funny as I'm listening to this, I'm like, this is exactly what parents and adults should be doing as well, right? Um, In times of stress. And so I think we look at our kids and we're like, what can we do to like help them during these stressful times? But it almost seems like whatever we do for ourselves, the kids can adopt for themselves as well. Yes, absolutely. So I know, you know, in preparing for this, you were you thought, okay, well, we'll have tips for kids, but also parents who are returning to work. And as I was thinking about these tips, I, I figured I would just say that, well, these are all tips that can work for you as a parent as well, right? Mm. Because we all right. need strategies as we're unsure about returning into the office space if we're going back and or just in society in, in general. After all this, you mm. know, we have a base level of stress and anxiety that comes with it. And these are all things that you can do for yourself. And then what's great is you're modeling it for your kids. Yeah, I love that. And also, I think people, uh, adults, especially going back into the workforce, they, at least for myself, just have become a lot smarter about their time 
and also boundaries. Like boundaries is a topic that I've been really thinking a lot about lately. And I just did a full episode on boundary setting, but going back to the workforce, um, I know that we're not necessarily talking about the workforce right now, but um, that is something that I've been very, very adamant about. It's like, okay, create those strong boundaries for yourself, um, your your team, your employer, um, and even for your kids, right? And so, yeah, I, I think that it works for both parents and kids. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you brought up boundaries. It's so it's so key to be able to. Everyone talks about balance and stuff, but I feel like balance is is almost <laughs> non-existent. <laughs> what um, is that? But, <laughs> but with with boundaries, you, it's it's one step closer to that because then you allow yourself to be able to prioritize the things that are important to you, prioritize yourself, prioritize your family, but also get the work that you need done. Right. And in that case, then you have kind of created a more quote unquote balanced life because you have created such um, like strict boundaries for yourself and what works for you and your family and the kids. Then all of a sudden this word balance feels a little bit more attainable, I would assume. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. And saying no is was so freeing for me. And it's definitely one of the prompts that I added in my book was just say no, like say Mm. no and figure out what's important in the grand scheme of things. And And being okay, right? And being okay with saying no, because I think a lot of people, including myself, have just had such a hard time saying no and feeling like I have to tell everyone why I'm saying no, but no is a big enough word to be like, okay. And yeah, that's, I just don't, I just can't make it sorry. Or, you know, you don't have to give an excuse for every time that you say no, because when I realized that I was saying yes to everything and I started saying no to everything, not everything, but a lot of things, I just started saying no, but I'll try next week or no, but I promise I'll make it up to you or, but it's like, no, 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 just say no. And you, you are all good. Um, and being okay with that. (laughs) Yeah. And the beauty of saying no is that you get to say yes to something you actually care about right? To something that's important to you or important to your family. And it just is so freeing. Sorry, yeah. we got a little off subject because I know that no, we that's why. about something else of your tip, but I think you have one last tip for us. Yeah. The last tip is to model a mindfulness strategy, like a breathing exercise for your kiddos. It works for you if you're returning back to work or just as a stress management tool and you can do something. So if you have a, a younger child, they can't necessarily count. Um, you can have them visualize that they're blowing a tree down like the big bad wolf or who's blowing down the house of the three Mm. little pigs. And so they take a deep breath in and then they slowly like take a big deep breath out and imagine that they're blowing down a house. And the beauty of that is that when you blow out and you release, you're, you're feeling like you're letting go of stuff, whether they realize it or not. But as an adult, I always coach people in their sessions that they're releasing and they're blowing out anything that's weighing them down or that they don't need anymore. And, Mm. And that comes out with our breath. But the other part of it is that you're also regulating your breath. And when you do that, you are telling your brain that you're no longer in this triggered state. You're no longer in a state of stress and you're moving from that fight or flight state into rest and digest because you manipulated your breath and slowed it down, which is what happens when you are not, um, you know, your life isn't threatened. And mm. so that's what you can do for the little ones. For the older ones, there's something that I'm sure everyone has heard of. It's called a box breath. And it's basically breathing in for four seconds, holding your breath for four seconds, 
exhaling for four seconds and then holding your breath for four seconds. And with any breathing technique, like the one for the little kid or the one for the older one, the, the other beauty of it, the other power of manipulating your breath like this is that when you're thinking about the count and what you're doing with your breath, it's hard for you to think about anything else that's happening. Anything that you messed up in, in the past, whether it was just a minute ago or anything in the future, all the things that you have to do, all the, the uncertainty of the future, you're just focused on the now. And what's happening right now is your breath and you counting it and you slowing down. So that would be my very last tip, which I find to be super helpful for anyone of any age. Yeah. I mean, I wish I learned about the breath and accessing kind of my, my actual being and being mindful of how my body feels and really being in touch with that because it does make a big difference. It's something that I've learned not too long ago as an adult, and it does really calm the nerves. I've also learned like techniques where with my therapist, where you kind of like hold yourself and tap yourself to like calm those nerve nervous systems down. But again, these are things that us as adults benefit from, but also kids can benefit from. And especially if they learn at a young age, again, they're just going to be able to take it on with them throughout the rest of their lives. And so I love that our generation has normalized kind of these things for ourselves and are passing it down to, to our kids. A funny thing, which kind of has nothing to do with the breathing or the mindfulness, but I saw it on TikTok and I do find some really random things on TikTok where it kind of blows my mind. And this is one of them. I think it was some therapist that said, when, whenever you're, you find your mind kind of going down that rabbit hole and you just cannot stop it, right? From spiraling all these negative thoughts, try to, with your eyes, don't move your eyeballs. I know that sounds so weird, but like literally don't move your eyeballs and try not to blink because your mind literally cannot go into that rabbit hole of all those thoughts without the little eye movements, which I didn't know about. So I actually tried it. And it's like you, your whole mind stops working if you stop your eyeballs. So again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not an expert at this, but it's a little hack that I learned whenever I'm going into spiral mode or I'm starting thinking about all these negative things. Um, besides my breathing technique, because that's a big thing for me, I also do the eyeball thing, which is it sounds so silly, but it totally works. Oh my God. I have not heard of the eyeball thing. I have to try it out. <laughs> I have I to send you the link. <laughs> it, it, I, I, I saw it and I sent the link to all my friends and they're like, oh my God, this is mind blowing. Um, so I'll send you the link when I find it. But yes, you're, because I guess whenever you're, you're in thinking mode, your eyes have these small shutters and movement and it has to move in order for your mind to work. But the minute that you really focus on one thing and you cannot move your eyeballs, then your mind can't work either. Again, I'm not a therapist, guys. I'm no expert at this. It's just a TikTok hack that I learned, but I found it really fascinating. <laughs> that is, I do love it. You know, yeah. that reminds me of like candle watching because when I was learning like in my meditation program, there there's a candle watching meditation and that's the same thing. I think it's like focusing in and honing in on one thing. Makes sense. Wait, what's candle watching? I've never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of like closing your eyes when you meditate, you're staring at a candle or an object, you know, that's the one object you're staring at and that's it. You're not mm. looking at anything else. You're really just gazing into that. And that seems to me like kind of what you're describing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That makes a lot of sense. 
And I don't know if you have any separate ones for working parents. I feel like all of these tips can be applied to working parents that are going back to the workforce. But I don't know if you have any other thoughts around that. Yeah, no, all of these were things that could be applied to um, us as adults returning back into the workplace. You know, one other thing, which very much was like what we were talking about with saying no, was just this idea of letting go, which ties into that idea of the breath, you know, just thinking of all the things that you're putting upon yourself. And then on top of all the worry of getting back to work and all of the new sort of patterns that you have to get into by going to an actual workspace. and sort of making a list of like all the things that you need to do, you think you need to do or should do and learning to let go of certain things and Mm. just sort of breathing it out. So really key. One other thing that I would love to add as well that has helped me personally is just community during these times. I know that we talk a lot about community as parents, but I think as working parents as well within your own company or within kind of Uh, where you're working at, I'm sure there are other parents that have the same stresses, the same worries, the same anxieties, and almost being able to reach out to them and be like, hey, look, like, I know you're a parent. Um, I know we're here working together. These are my thoughts. I don't know if you're feeling the same way. And opening up yourself first has always helped me develop really strong relationships with other parents kind of in the same boat. With my company, Bumo Work, we have a really strong community of working parents. And yeah, of course, they come in to use a workspace and the childcare. But the number one thing that we keep hearing is that everyone is kind of on the same boat, which is we're all working, we're all, we all have the same fears, and we all have kids that uh, we're, we're definitely scared of if they get sick? Like, what are we going to do? And just sharing those feelings with other people is very therapeutic for me. And I'm sure a lot of parents can relate to that as well. I love that tip. It's true. You feel less alone when you're able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really helpful, especially during these times. So I hope that these tips were helpful to you guys that are listening in. I know that it's really scary times right now. Um, Uncertain times. We don't really know what's going to happen, but you know, you, you are obviously listening to this for a reason. And there's a lot of other people that are feeling the same way. And we are here for you. So Josephine, where can everyone find more of you? And I know that you have your own podcast. If you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, the podcast is called Responding to Life, Talking Health, Fertility, and Parenthood. And we just talk about all those different topics and try to same offer advice as well. You can find me on my website, which is jayatlurie.com. And I would love for you all to check out my book, The Mindfulness Journal for Parents. There's an online companion course that comes with it. And I'm offering a discount for your listeners with the code BUMO25. Um, And you can check me out on Instagram, josephinearatlurie. I'm always offering mindfulness tips on the daily. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Justine, for taking your afternoon to speak with me. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. Yeah, likewise. Okay. Talk soon. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And it would mean the world to me if you took a second to rate, review, and follow. It really is the best way to support the show. And don't forget to head over to our Instagram for more parenting tips and inspiration at Bumo Parent. And if you guys are looking for high quality virtual education for your little ones, ages one through seven years old, make sure to check out 
at BoomoBrain on Instagram or go to www.boomobrain.com. We have a wide range of topics that your little ones will surely get so excited about from Dr. Kid to Chef Math to our foreign language program. We have all sorts of languages. Forbes called BoomoBrain the classroom of the future and it really is a best platform for early learners. Go to www.boomobrain.com to learn more.